Welcome to There is a Method to the Madness. My name is Rob Maxwell. I'm an exercise physiologist and personal trainer. I'm the owner of Maxwell's Fitness Programs, and I've been in business since 1994. The purpose of the Method to the Madness is to talk about what works and what doesn't work. Using science, I mean, that's what the Method to the Madness is. Pick that name because I've said it for so long to people. When they talk about things, when they ask me things, they'll say, you know, there really is a method to the madness. For example, I'm going to talk today about cool downs. And I bet you the majority of you listening right now really have no clue what a cool down is, how to do it, or why you do it. All right. Speaking of cool down, I want to thank our sponsors, Jonathan and Lynn Gilden at the Gilden Group of Realty Pros. They currently have over 285 star reviews on Zillow. They do commercial, they do residential, they do great customer service, and that is what ultimately is the most important thing, in my opinion. They can be reached at thegildengroup.com. So let's talk about a cool down. As I said, and I'm not trying to you know, be snobbish or be a prick when I say that most of you probably don't know, but you probably don't know, right? So here's what most people think a cool down is. It's like, okay, at the end of exercise, time to go cool down. And they might jump on a bike. They might jump on the treadmill. And oftentimes, although again, I don't want you to think there's anything wrong with doing exercise, unless you're doing more than you need to, then there could potentially be a problem with it. But there's nothing wrong with jumping on a bike or a treadmill after a workout. But is it really a cool down or just have you been kind of trained to think that that's what you're supposed to do? Because you know what? Not everybody has to do one. There is a method to the madness. And once you learn what it really is, you might go, oh, okay. Now, people don't seem to argue much about the cool down because look, it's kind of like when you're banging your head against the wall and you stop, it feels good, right? Or at least it doesn't hurt anymore. Well, it's like if you're in the middle or finishing up a really hard strength workout where you've been doing a circuit and you've been doing all these higher reps and your muscles are burning, the trainer says, hey, you know, it's time to cool down. Well, that's kind of the same thing as not banging your head on a wall anymore. Saying, like, oh, that sounds good compared to what you were doing. Or if you were out running hard, you're pushing in a 5K, you hit the finish line, it's like, oh, I can cool down now. And you start walking fairly slow, walking it out, so to say. Yeah, that feels a heck of a lot better than what you were just doing. So not too many people argue the cool down, but do you really know what it is? So when you think cool down, and some people call it a warm down, which is, I don't know, kind of funny. I guess in a way people are thinking, well, I was hot and I'm not gonna be as hot, so I'm gonna start warming down from being hot, which I guess is the same thing as a cool down. But in any event, people think of thermogenics, in other words, heat. And that's not really true. Not when you live here on the Southern East Coast. I mean, you're not going to cool down if that's what you're talking about because you break your jog into a walk on a 90 plus day at 90% humidity. 
you're not going to lower your body temperature by doing that. Maybe you're not elevating it anymore, but you're not going to lower it until essentially you get out of the heat. Now it is true that when we work out aerobically, we do raise our core temperature almost one degree. So that is a little bit higher. I mean, that's, you could call that significantly higher. I typically run low with my body temperature, like around just under 98. So if my temperature is like around 99 or so, I'm not feeling too good, right? To me, I can tell that I'm getting a slight fever. So when you're exercising and it raises a degree like that, that is noticeable and that is normal. So it's definitely true that thermogenically we do warm up as we exercise. That's why you see so many people in the cold start to jog, run in place, move quicker. Absolutely, because you're trying to warm your body up for sure. So it makes a lot of sense. But what doesn't make sense is people thinking that now by slowing down, I'm going to lower my body temperature. No. Now, a cool down is an extremely important thing. And here's what it really, really is. So when you're moving aerobically, you're raising your volume of oxygen. Somebody's VO2 max is the most oxygen their body can produce and utilize in a given minute. So a VO2 max of say 80, which is elite high, means that it's 80 milliliters of oxygen per kilogram of body weight. Whenever we move aerobically, we are raising our volume of oxygen. All right, now if we're working out intensely, and I'm talking aerobic, I'm gonna clear all this up for you, but I'm talking really aerobically. When you're working out intensely, like let's say 80 to 90% of your VO2 max, that's intense, that's high. You're raising that volume of oxygen and up pretty darn high, all right? Now, if you were to just stop, like you just, you're running along, you're at 85% of your VO2 max, so you're cruising along and you just stop. No, you're not gonna die of a heart attack like people have said that comes out of a myth that happened in the 1970s by a famous runner. He was actually a cardiologist, if I remember the story. I have his name, I'm not gonna say it because I simply don't want people to go Google it and fixate on that because the, the moral of that story was he had a pre-existing condition and it had nothing to do with the fact that he stopped mid-exercise, okay? So no, no, no cardiac event is gonna happen because you just stopped. But what will happen is you're gonna get what's called venous pooling because it's the muscles that actually pumps the blood back up to the heart. So if you're at a high intensity of say 80% of your VO2 max, that's high. That means your, your heart is pumping out a lot of oxygen and you suddenly stop. You no longer have those contracting muscles to pump the blood back up to the heart. So it pulls lower. We call that venous pooling. So it pulls lower. What could happen is you might feel a little faint, a little dizzy, which isn't pleasant, but it's not life threatening. But what happens even more that you really have to cool down for is the fact that you want your body to return to homeostasis as soon as possible. If you cool down, like literally, now you're at an intensity of say 30% of your VO2 max. So if you're running, now you're walking. If you are cycling hard, now you're just spinning easy in a low gear, an easy gear. 
so around 30% or so, what's gonna happen is you're still using your nice important muscles, specifically of your gastrocnemius and your soleus, your calf muscles, to pump that blood back up at the same level you're actually moving at, which is going to let you get back to homeostasis quicker. So if somebody asks you, that's the real point. Get out your highlighter, write it down, write it in notes, and then highlight it. The point of a cool down is to return your body to homeostasis as soon as possible. The higher the intensity, the longer the cool down will need to be to do that. That's just, you know, again, method to the madness. There's no set number. Sometimes people say, oh, five to 10 minutes. Again, nothing wrong with that. But you might have been cooled down three minutes before that. I mean, somebody could effectively cool down in two minutes if they weren't at a very high intensity and if they're in good condition. Because yes, the better shape you are in, the faster you will recover. Or it could be longer than 10 minutes and their cool down was ineffective because their heart rate was so high when they stopped. All right, so how do you know? Here's the cool thing. Your heart rate and VO2 are related to each other in a linear fashion. This is why heart rate can be used for an estimate of your aerobic capacity or a target heart rate because there's literally a linear relationship between your VO2 max and your heart rate max, which means if you are at 100% of your VO2 max, you're going to be at 100% of your maximum heart rate. Now, there's about a 10 point difference between your VO2 and your heart rate, <clears throat> which means that if you're at 90% of your VO2 max, you're most likely at 80% of your maximum heart rate. So there, there is that difference, but it's still linear. So that's why, again, it can be used for target heart rate. But getting back to the point at hand, because there's a linear relationship between your VO2 and your heart rate, if you track your heart rate when you train, and most people do now because they wear smartwatches, then you can tell when you're adequately cooled down. So let's say you're walking and you look down and you say, oh, my heart rate's around 95. So I'm just gonna use me as an example. If I'm walking to warm up towards the end of the walks, I've been pushing it up a little bit, it might be around 95 beats a minute. Now I break into a run and let's say I do a 5K, so I'm pushing the intensity fairly hard. I finish the 5K, my heart rate's probably in the 150s, somewhere around there. So remember when I started walking, I was 95, so I finished in the 150s. So essentially, when I walk to cool down, and the intensity has to be low enough, when I walk to cool down, then as I notice, every minute my heart rate should be coming down. When it approaches that 95, now it's never going to hit it exactly because there's just such a thing as cardiac drift. So once we get exercising, the intensity is gonna stay up a little, but if it gets close, say if it gets within five or 10% of where you started, you are adequately cooled down. So as soon as I see my heart rate drop back down to around 105 or something that, like that with continuous movement, then I know I'm cooled down. I can stop, I can finish my workout. So it had nothing to do with time had everything to do with heart rate in that. Now, if I went for a power walk and I maybe, or jog, you know, it's not very intense and my heart rate got in the 120s, it might only take a minute or two for it to drop back down. 
but if I'm pushing, it's going to take longer. So I don't really pay attention to how long it is. Like I never do. I just see when my heart rate's back down, I'm like, well, I'm cooled down. And if I notice it's staying elevated, I continue the walk. Or if I did a hard bike ride, like yesterday, I did more of an anaerobic bike ride. So I did close to 40 miles and we we're at a pretty high intensity. So I made sure that I might have to cool down longer to bring my heart rate down. I don't pay attention to speed and all that at that point. It's just, okay, just when I see that heart rate bumping around 100, I know I'm cooled down, time to get off the bike. Because then I'm gonna be more recovered and better able to handle the workouts the next day or in 48 hours or whatever I'm doing, a proper cool down is gonna help you do that. Now we don't really need one with weights because when we strength train, it's, it's number one, it's not a very specific area, right? We might do a full body, so the blood's in our legs, then we shift and the blood and lactic acid is in our pecs and then our back and all that, and the heart rate might get elevated but it's very anaerobic in the sense that it's up and down, so it's not staying sustained. Does it hurt to necessarily do a quote, cool down, unquote? No, again, there's nothing wrong with it. It's just that people might call it that and it's not really that. For example, I'll, you know, I'll ask somebody, I'll say, so you know, what was your heart rate when you started your cool down? Oh, 100, what is it now? 106, it's like, okay, so heart rate went up, not down. That's not a cool down. Like maybe you were already cooled down because again, there's just not as much cardiac demand. There's not as much volume of oxygen during a strength workout like there's going to be an intense cardio workout. Nothing wrong with doing it, but just make sure you're understanding the right terminology. It's not really a cool down. It's really more like added cardio. The ones that kind of crack me up a little bit are the endurance athletes, you know, the runners and the triathletes. And they'll say, well, did the 5K, I'm gonna go cool down and cool down for three miles. It's like, that's not a cool down. That's just another excuse to run more. Either they're doing it because they're obsessed and they think they need more, or a lot of times with them, there's this body dysmorphia and they feel like they need to do more running because three miles wasn't enough and all that. I mean. And I'm not, I'm not jesting about that. Like I understand that's a serious thing. And for some reason, runners really attract that um, behavior of body dysmorphia. So whatever they do it for, or maybe they just want to run more, like maybe they just enjoy it. That's cool. There's, I got no problem with that, but don't call it a cool down. Don't call it a warm down. It's simply, you're now running three more miles. And I would hope it's not at the same pace you just raced at, because if it is, you really didn't race the first time, but it might be easier, but because it's easier, it doesn't make it a cool down. In fact, if you want some good raw numbers, if you're on a bike, an effective cool down is going to be between 30 and 35% of your VO2 max. Typically, if you're running, it's going to be under 45% of your VO2 max. But again, we don't know until our heart rate has come down. All right. So I hope I cleared some muddy water for you on that. Uh, for me, it was always great to learn because then I was like, oh, okay, not a specific time, heart rate's down, it's cool. And one final note on that, I mean, there are times you really push it. I mean, there are times like it's a hot day and I ran a 5K in the morning and I pushed myself as hard as I could and it's already 90 with 90% humidity, 95. I mean, my heart rate's elevated. It might take a long time to come down. And that's okay. I just continue to walk it, walk slowly, walk slowly, bring it down. 
because that's gonna help me recover. So keep that in mind. It's not abnormal for it to stay really elevated if you pushed it up really high. I mean, a simple rule of thumb is the higher you push it, the longer it's gonna take. And if you pushed it hard for 30 minutes or so, 45 minutes, it's gonna take a bit. So speaking of that, let me thank Overhead Door of Daytona Beach. Zach and Jeff Hawk are the owners. Jeff, I've known for almost 30 years. I trained him about 30 years ago before Zach was even born, his son. And now here's Zach training with us and Zach is the general manager. So that's pretty cool. They're both working on their fitness, working on their health so they can stay out there and be the absolute best garage door company in the area, I would say anywhere. They can be reached at overheaddoordaytona.com. <laughs>